It's showtime. Ask the podcast coach for February 11, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. See, it's not fair because they can't see you dancing. I know. I, I, here, I'm dancing. Now. You can see me now. <laughs> well, that music means it's Saturday morning. It's 1030 Eastern Standard Time. It is time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live uh, welcome to the show. I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting, and joining me over there is the one and only Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Live from the Gallup Studios this week, the fire alarms aren't going off nice. on this side of the building, which we had last week. They were testing the fire alarms, so I had to go from my office. But back in the studios, I have a 45-inch monitor that I get to, what's really a big-ass TV, that I get to look at the Dave Jackson in. So it's really cool to be in nice. the studio. Watching you, you know, I put a monitor like behind the camera and then back so that it, I'm looking more at the camera, right? When I'm looking at you. Yeah. So that's where I'm at today. So we'll probably be moving to Google Hangouts because you were saying there are some things. Well, not Google Hangouts, Google, what is it? Google Live now? Uh, YouTube Live. YouTube Live. I knew it was something. And the back end is Hangouts on Air. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to talk a little bit about what I did? Yeah. Interested in doing that? So, so this week here at Gallup, uh, we did seven seven podcasts in five days. So every single day of the week, plus two in the evenings to catch our audience in Asia. By the way, if you're a business and you're not podcasting to your, your customers, you're making a huge mistake. I mean, Dave, we had 950 people sign up for our kind of... our. That's a pretty good size, don't you think? I think just a little bit, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Holy so cow. Nine, 950 Whoa! of our customers... Whoa! Exactly. Signed up. Thank you, David Lee Roth, uh, for that. 950 signed up. We had on Monday, we had 400 show up live, which was just, it's again, those are crazy numbers when you think about what most, po- most podcasters right. do. These are our best customers. So we used uh, Hangouts on Air for that. And, um, I, you know, I, that's just something I have, uh, um, I have worked in. Really, that's YouTube Live, right? So you go through YouTube Live now, go through YouTube, set it up, set those events up. You, it uses the Google Hangouts on Air backend as the way of getting your guests in. And we just did, you know, we did a couple of interviews. We did a bunch of roundtables. We did, they're all one hour in nature, um, all super easy to set up. Google has added, though, a new chat feature to it. And we talked about this a little bit last week. And I was kind of hoping that chat would make its way into the comments when you were done. They don't. That'd be a great feature uh, to add. I could easily. Uh, just uh, scroll up, copy and paste. And that's what I did because uh, our audience wants the chat after the fact and it goes, it does go away. So I just copy and pasted the chat into a log file and then put it in our Yammer group so they could view it. But we had some really good success in getting uh, engagement, a single chat room. So it's a little bit different than we have here where we have, you know, Q&A and chat. And although most, I think most listeners are really fine with chat room. Dave, I had very little problems getting the coaches there. Like that's the, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, hi, instructions, I'm there to help. I had very few audio problems. And because it was YouTube, the mobile experience was really good. I mean, we got some good feedback from them. Like, yeah, I can watch this on my phone and the chat's integrated and there's some great stuff with it on the iPad. And so it was, it was one of those things where I thought, man, I'm really glad from an enterprise standpoint, we are kind of staying on and working with these YouTube Live, Google Hangouts, and now that they have chat in there, I just sent them directly to the chat page. I mean, directly to the page. So, you know, you create the Hangout and you get that short URL for the for the YouTube Live page. And just, we just sent it to them and said, join us. And then the chat room also pops out, which is cool. So, you know, like in Chatwing, we've used right. Chatwing before. You can pop that out. 
with the new chat in the in the YouTube space, you can pop that chat out as well. So we'll have to we should go back to it and try it because I don't think we've done that with this crew yet where we've used that chat room. No, we use chat video. wing. Yeah. And it's it's like it's I've used Chatwing now for like three years. And I'm actually after this week considering just ditching that completely and making that experience the experience that I have my listeners. Now the disadvantage is is it moves the customers off my live page and puts them on a YouTube page, right? Um, there's some things, there's probably some fancy pants things you could do to strip out that chat room and bring it in or whatever. But that's the big, that's the one big drawback today. When they land on my live page, there's an embedded YouTube player in a chat wing room and they stay on my live page, right. which is where I want them to be. The other disadvantage to it, there's no linking in the chat room. So you cannot put any, you can put email addresses, but no live links. It will block you every single time. And I have yet to find a setting that will allow me to turn that off. Oh yeah. Cause that's kind of a, that's, that's a, on this well, show, that would be bad. Yeah, yeah. Yes and no. Like, okay. So maybe this show. But if you've got a popular show and you're getting trolls. Yeah. No, I like, see why. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I'm with you. It'd be nice if you could turn that on or off. I typed a lot of shop dot and I would put dot in the parentheses, you know, <laughs> shop dot gallop dot com or yeah. gallop strength center dot com um, to kind of direct people to things. It is a little hindering when you're used to just dropping links in your chat room and you go over to that chat room and it, it disables it. So they're in the early days, right? This is they just enabled chat. I don't know, a couple months ago, maybe. I think it's it's not uh, it's not it's a it's a pretty new thing. So I'm going to keep trying it out. I, like I said, it, it's enticing me to maybe switch over, although I'm not totally convinced yet. And uh, it worked pretty well. The the advantage is right, Google Hangouts. You can have literally millions of people watching you, and not it's you know this would this would st- if if we had a if we had a couple thousand here on Zoom. Oh, we'd be it, dead. We would probably bring it down. Yeah, I think I can only have 50 people in this meeting anyway, and we never get close to that. We get occasionally 40, but yeah, I felt pretty yeah. safe that I wasn't going to do that. Which actually works great on here, but didn't work on Blab, right? So they no. again. Chris Nassie asks, well, what's more important, people consuming your content or staying on your page and consuming your content? And Chris, that's a great question. You know, I think all of our instincts tell us is the more we can keep people on our pages, the better, right? Yeah. Once we send them away to YouTube, especially with the way YouTube advertising works with all the other videos, I think we lose them a little bit. But I don't know. I don't know, Dave. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I know I sold more copies of more podcast money when we did Ask the Podcast Coach on AskThePodcastCoach.com because right in the sidebar, there's a link to more my book, More Podcast Money. And I don't sell a ton of those, but I would sell more than than I did now when we're, you know, sending people someplace else. So. That is uh, something to think about. It's it's a good, I don't know, um, interesting. For those of you who are listening live right now, yes. would you tell us when you do your podcast live on a live page or not, just recorded? be interesting to see how many of you are live versus how many aren't. So jump in the chat. As, well, I guess it's we're kind of in real time here. So let us know, live or not live. And uh, we'll do a Oh, maybe that'd be a good poll, Dave. Maybe yeah. we should just make a okay, quick poll on Let's do that instead. So hold off on the hold off on. Well, now they're they're going to do it because I said it. But well, hold on, we Dave's going to create a quick poll. What are we doing? Live page or or just record it? Not live, live or not live. I'm interested to see how many because you know um, I had Emily on. Uh, we've been talking about this for a while. I had Emily Prokop on my podcast this week on Thursday, and Emily records. She's not a live podcaster, mm. right? We we're live first all the time. 
and everything I do is live. I don't, I wouldn't even know how to record. I wouldn't even know how to sit down without an audience to create <laughs> something. Like I, I just can't do it. And uh, so Emily came on and uh, Emily, you can, you can, you know, uh, put your experience in the chat room if you want, but uh, it's a struggle sometimes to go live when you haven't been live. The chat room is distracting and the kind of the pressure of live is different. And you, you know, you, you, when you, when you're just recording, you can make mistakes, go back and fix them. But when you're live, there's that pressure of getting it right the first time. And so it's just a different experience uh, when you're doing it. So would be interested in knowing how many, how many, let's see, how do we get, oh, where's the poll? Hold on, let me find it. I just launched it. Oh, good. Quick poll. And the answers are coming. It's fun because you can see the, um, the answers. Oh, it won't let me vote. Oh, hold on. Uh, well, if I <laughs> no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. All right. What's cool is we have 19 people in the chat room, and 13 out of 19 have voted. So if you're walking the dog or something, 16. Out, now we have 20 people. 16 out of 20. Currently recorded is winning at 69. percent And um, you have uh, five more seconds to vote. Four, three, two. One and now I can share the results, which you will see are seventy one percent record huh. and twenty eight percent do it live. Yeah, and Dave, don't you think that's pretty indicative? If we if we did that poll on a bigger audience, don't yeah. you think those numbers would be pretty representative? Seventy five percent are recorded only and with fixing it, and then the other twenty five percent are kind of live. And live takes a different. A different twist. I, I whenever I bring in non-live podcasters, they always struggle with the chat room. Always, it's just one of yeah. those things because you get mesmerized by it, and you got to ignore it sometimes. You just got to let it fly by. It'll it'll be there for you. Well, and the fun thing was this morning when I went to turn down the music, um, I turned you down, and I was like, "Oh, good." All that testing of making sure I had Jim's volume just right. I looked over, and I'm like, I, I turn this knob and I pull it down. And I'm like, oh, "That's funny. The music's not changing." And I'm like, "Oh, that's because you have the wrong knob." So live is always fun. Well, one of the things, too, so it's Google Hangouts, you get an opportunity to change the camera, right? So the right. way I have it set up here in the studio, I have a whole separate PC that I join myself to with, as, as well as all the guests. And then that gives me a chance to kind of pick and choose which cameras I want to use. It also gives me a unified audio source, which is a lot easier. You know, I can send that single audio, including me, because that's always a challenge, right? If you're doing that on your own box, you and your audience or you and your guests are on different channels. You're on different audio channels. And for broadcasting, I want to get those all on one unified channel. So uh, we got that on the box and I'm clicking, you know, I'm clicking who I want to, you know, like the guest, the, the host is introducing the guests and, you know, you kind of want to cut over to them, show shows their picture while they're being introduced, right. you know, and then you go back and, and then I would get distracted by the chat room and leave it on a person <laughs> who, was, <laughs> who wasn't, you know, talking and you're like, oh, darn it, you know. And yeah, so I've done that. It's, it's, um, it's a good reason why on TV they have dedicated uh, people who all they do is watch what's going on, right? They're not trying to participate. They're not trying to be in it. Um, it, but it's hard. You get a lot of things going on and you forget and you're watching the chat room. So it definitely is a multitasking skill that is learned. I think. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, and like you said, it's so, for me, it's always easy to get completely engulfed in the chat and then I forget what I'm talking about. And then you go to hit a sound effect or whatever. And it's just a lot going on. And uh, Chris says that he has a uh, Windows 10 machine, has a C920 and a C910, and can jump between them. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that would be good. That'd be cool. If you could get get both of those running, there's some cool stuff you can do. Yeah. Well, um, 
I'm going to go ahead and do this now just because it's fun. That's right, it's time, believe it or not. Dave Ooh, Bob's Accord in five, four, three, two. Yeah, I saw this this morning and I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Um, this is from from Jimmy Dean. So, um, and Jimmy may be uh, new, who knows, but... Um, he says, hello, all. I'm preparing to launch my podcast, A Day in the Life. Now, I really like this idea, by the way. It sounds like a great podcast. It's an interview podcast that has the guest tell a story of an extraordinary event that changed your life for better or for worse. My first guest tells her story of her father murdering her mother and aunt in depth and from the heart. And I was like, man, tune me in. He says, I started a Kickstarter campaign because as a single dad, I'm a little short on getting this off the ground. I'm passionate about it. And I have seven interviews lined up so far with some amazing stories. Can any of you give me any advice on promoting my Kickstarter campaign? I've never uh, even heard of Kickstarter until it was suggested to me yesterday. I provided a link. If you don't want to donate, could you please share it? I will announce here when the first episode is up. And so I went over to his Kickstarter campaign and he wants $1,500 to start a podcast. And I was like, you got to be 15. I'm like, what, a gold-plated microphone? And so I don't know where he's getting his information, but you don't need $1,500 to start a podcast. I always tell people, usually it's about the price of an Xbox because you get an ATR2100, which I think are around $70 now, pop filter. Let's say $100 for a microphone and a stand. Then you get... Uh, $15 for your website, $20 for your hosting. There's 35, $60 for your, um, artwork, you know? So usually it's around 300 bucks, not 1500. And I was just like, you know, I don't know where he's getting. Cause even, I'm not sure what Cliff's podcasting package is. I know, I think his was 1200, something like that. Cause he used to recommend these big giant mixers and high LPR forties. And I'm like, look, you're just getting it off the ground. Then the other thing was he's got seven episodes and I'm like, nobody's going to get inspired by your show. If it's on your hard drive, you gotta like, just, you know, then, cause that was the other thing I saw on his Kickstarter was he was looking for more people with great stories. Well, if there's no, you're going to get more stories when people hear your podcast kind of thing. So I was just like, you know, well, it's a little rough when you say, I just heard about Kickstarter yesterday, and now I already have a Kickstarter campaign up. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, you may want to do a little bit of research. Research, yeah. Like, just kind of dig in. I, I don't know. I, I get I get it, Dave. 1500 is a lot of money. But yeah. you could. I mean, if that would be a nice little starter. If I was going to start a podcast from scratch and there was something, I mean, when you think about all the things that you got to do, oh, and yeah. that's not the one that one time costs, you know, it's a couple hundred bucks if you think about well, let's say it's a hundred bucks for hosting for a year and some of the things, you know, our CFO here at Gallup always says cash equals options. And so when you have the yeah. cash, you can buy things. And so I don't, if he can get it, like, I don't, I don't, right. you know, if the question was, do I need $1,500 to start a podcast? Your answer is no, no. right. You don't, it doesn't have to yeah. be. However, I mean, now he canceled it, right. He's, he, he ended it. It's, it's oh, did uh, he? yeah, he canceled it. Already. Okay. I didn't it's see that there. And just like an hour ago. So I don't know what you did, Dave, but man, way to hold a guy down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, my whole thing was just like, uh, and then I was really sad to hear he had seven episodes and hasn't, you know, released any. And I was like, dude, just, just jump on in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's two sides there, right? In the right. sense that, Hey, get in here and get this done. You don't need, you don't necessarily need the 1500 bucks, but yeah. 
Um, you know, on the other, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If you had fifteen hundred dollars, you could build a really nice studio. I mean, I don't think I have fifteen hundred dollars of equipment sitting here. Well, if I was a tech podcaster, it would allow me to buy some equipment too yeah. that I could get started with. Right? This is those things, and some of the, especially in some of the review areas where we have tech podcasters or whatever doing reviews of things. I would rather the podcaster yeah. buy it and then review it than it, it be given by a vendor. If a vendor gives you something, it's really hard to give it an honest review. I just don't, yeah. you know, even though we say we're doing it, I'm a little suspect. You know, you're kind of like, mm, you know, this was a review and I'm like, okay, I can't trust you. But if you bought it, if you put your own money, this is Dave, this is what you do this differently than most people, right? Think about all the podcast services you could buy and you do actually. <laughs> I can't believe the money you spend on podcasting services. Sometimes I'm like, man, I would never do that. But you do. And I think you're honest because you bought it, right? And yeah. so if we think of, okay, let's say it takes 500 bucks to get going. Now, in this case, okay, with this guy, he's doing stories. So maybe there's not that. But, right. but think about this. If you're doing a book review or music or Randy Cantrell, you know, he does a lot of music reviews and stuff like that on his stuff. That money would be helpful to buy those things then to review and then be able to use it. So I think quickly you can get in an area where like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes kind of sense. Now, maybe not for him, but you never know. Oh, that's a great question. Chris asked me, how much does podcasting cost Dave? And that's, I'm, I mean, I know I have at least seven accounts at Libsyn. Most of those are seven you know, for the shows I don't do a whole lot of. Um, but you're not the average podcaster. No, like, and I, I mean, I have things at All Sound. I have things that I'm getting ready to kill one at Libsyn. I'm not going to do the Julian Michael show anymore. I'm going to kill one at Podbean because I'm not doing the Clamor show anymore. That just that came through, and I'm like, oh, that's still going. I'm like, oh, I could probably get rid of that. Yeah, I know, Bernie. It hey, costs too much. Um, Bernie, Bernie is feeling the burn. Yeah, he's saying it's, it's really too much. Um... Fifteen dollars for Fire Talk. I just paid sixty-five dollars for a year of Feedly. Nineteen ninety-nine for Meetup. Ten dollars for Buffer App. Um, what about you? Have addition or any the Adobe products? Adobe twenty-one fifty-nine. Twenty-nine dollars for CoVideo. That's another service I use. Ten dollars for Microsoft. Uh, Thirteen dollars for Tweet Jukebox. Um, let's see what else we got here. Twenty-nine dollars for FreshBooks. Um, Fifteen dollars for Nimble. Um, yeah, it adds up a lot. And then when we get into domains, oh, it gets real expensive. Oh, well, you you have a domain problem. I do have a domain problem. Um, but so anonymous. When, so when people go, why do you charge so much for consulting? Dave's got a lot of expenses at times. And then the other thing is I save people a whole lot of time and a lot of headache. Yeah, well, but we never charge because we need money, right? We yeah. charge because there's value yeah. in, well, in, in doing it. Yeah, and the other thing is nine times out of ten – if I'm doing some sort of consulting with you, it's because I've answered four or five questions for free. And you finally got to the part where I'm like, I need to turn on the meter if you want me to answer that. Well, but as you're going through that list, all of a sudden, $1,500 makes kind of sense, right? You're like, okay, well, uh, we talked about hosting. You know, sure, you can use free Audacity to get some things done. But even even if you're going to use one Adobe product like Edition, it's going to be 15 bucks right there to get some of those things done. You know, I mean... You start adding some things on there. If you're going to do any Facebook advertising, if you're going to do right, I mean, all that stuff can add up. So, um, I don't, I don't actually think fifteen hundred dollars is a bad amount to get started. If you don't have a good PC, right, or a good Mac, that's fifteen hundred bucks right there. To be honest, yeah, 
Randy asks, what are the services I pay for that I don't use? I have two, three, now that I think about it. And there's like a hundred bucks out the window. One is called Ninja Outreach. I got it on a, um, what's that one website that you get Uber deals? Um, Sumo Me. I got connected to, it's called Ninja Outreach. It's this cool thing that lets you figure out who influencers are on the internet. I know there's a thing called uh, Google that'll help you with that too for free. Um, I have a subscription to lynda.com that I use maybe three times a year, but pay my whatever it is a month. And then I'm also got a deal on social media examiner marketing world, whatever his thing is. It's a membership site. And that's the other one. I I'm a member of the membership guys. So all those are like 20, $30 and those need to go. I think I'm going to bow out of the membership guys. Not that they don't deliver value, I went in there wanting to know what are the best tools to use when I was getting ready to rebuild the school of podcasting. Um, I don't spend a lot of time over there in the community. Not that it doesn't have value. It just, it's not enough time. So that needs to go. And I forget that one's not a huge amount of cash, but there's, there's a few that I just need to kill. And the only reason I'm not getting rid of um, whatever the ninja one is, is because it looks like a really cool program. I just don't have any time to, to play with it. And if I cancel it, then I lose my deal. So that's one of those things I need to uh, to get. Dave, with. Let, me, let me ask you this question since you've gone through that list and we'll ask this to the chat room as well. What's the, what's the best product you think you bought? Like what's the best value out of what one thing have you purchased? Have you paid for that? You went, Oh man, that was, I'm so glad I did that. What do you think? What's the best thing? Well, and we'll ask the chat room the same thing. Boy, there's there's a good one. I didn't even think about. It. I use uh, Short Keys. It's okay. a software that's really cool. I like um, Auphonic would be another one that I, I bought the desktop version. And let me think here. Buffer. Now we're getting we're getting some good uh, feedback from the chat room. Lipson Pretty Link Pro Test Expander for Mac. Fresh Books, by the way. If your finances aren't right, you're not right. So uh, those fresh books and making sure you take your accounting for everything that you're doing is pretty, pretty important. Simple cast, another vote for Lipson, another test expander. Reaper, uh, Rogue. Amoeba Loopback. It's a virtual a mixer. Virtual mixer. Wow. VMix says, uh, says my coward. Yeah, he loves his VMix. Music for makers. A lot of background music. Oh, speaking of that, I have a link um, Creative Commons came up with this new search tool. It is at um, ccsearch.creativecommons.org. And it's a way to find, if you're looking for images that you know are creative, that you're allowed to use, basically. Um, so. Of course, Mike Dell says uh, Blueberry. Yeah, of course. Blueberry. We, yeah. yeah. Um, but... Uh, What's the, it's the only thing again about the chat room. It, it, if it gets going, it's, no, it's good. That's I've been trying to try to engage them more today, just to kind of get some to get some answers out of them. Yeah, I don't know. As I think about the the best thing, I mean, I am really. I, I think for me, my the 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 PC is the most important important part of my setup and yeah. what we do. I mean, I spend a lot of money here at Gallup. You know, we have three in the studio. And so that processing power and making sure it's working correctly and those pieces. I couldn't, I couldn't do it on a cheap PC. I've done it before. I've done it on some Core i3 boxes and they didn't work very well. 
and I've, I hear if I try to do it on a laptop with a C920, it will absolutely overwhelm it in a lot of cases. And so, um, you know, I for me, the 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 the, the thousands of dollars or whatever, you know, probably fifteen hundred dollars into a PC that I put into a really good hard, you know, the really good hardware is really important to me. And listen, Chris Nessie asked Dave, how do you create that sound effect in your outro music? This is on school podcasting, uh, like a record where it's, you know, where you you create that effect. It is. And it's every time I do it, I'm like, oh, where was this again? (laughs) It's uh, it's in audition and it's under throw it up on the screen if you can. Yeah. Let me uh, let me pull something up here. I believe. Let me see if I can find just a small clip. All right, so we'll take that. And it's under effects. I'm going to guess it's time and pitch. And this is the part where I always go, hmm, I think it's pitch bender. Yes, it's pitch bender. And they have some turntable losing power is a built-in one. It's a great name. <laughs> and you can actually go in here, though, and adjust how, when, and, and how severe it, it does. I don't think we can hear this if I hit play. Today on episode number five hundred and fifty-two, well, I hear a little bit of it, but not yeah. not uh, not clear. Yeah, well, because it's it's on the I, I, it would be the direct uh, that would be the anti mix minus. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it's it's under effects, t- uh, time and pitch, and then pitch bender is the that. It's, I it, did, I did not know that. I, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to try that because I've never. It's I've, pretty fun never done that before yeah i did that first with uh the outro music for uh the little king's x song there and then uh, i did the one last week was uh the one where you i kept having it to where and i'm gonna have this big dream in order to be great and it was like because somebody was saying how they were they wanted to start a podcast and they had all these big aspirations and i'm like well i've been there you know i remember when i started the customer service show i thought i was going to end up speaking all over the world doing customer service webinars and you know, your, your uh, delusions of grandeur. Um, well, it's good aspirations to have. You yeah. still could. Yeah. You still could. Jason Bryan said his old boss's name was Rich Bender <laughs> <laughs> instead of Pitch Bender. Yeah. Is that, is that what we called it? Pitch Bender? Uh, was that the name of it? Oh, uh, did I close it already? I think it was it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Effects, time and pitch, Pitch Bender. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So. Good old Rich Bender, the boss who walks in and says, I really need you. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone will be working this week. But yeah, it was fun to play with. It took me a while to figure out how to to get it to go where I wanted because it was for a while. It was like it took forever. It was just really all of a sudden it was slowing down, but not fast enough. And I'm like, no, I want to just go, you know. So it took some some playing with it, but uh, it was fun. Hey, this week during uh, my live show on Thursday, Patreon was down, which was really interesting. Uh, oh. we'll, we'll use this to uh, queue up our Patreon yes. uh, subscribers. But yeah, Thursday night, I was at the end of my show. I went out to uh, to thank everyone and I tried to get to it and I 503 or whatever, whatever that is, the database was down. And uh, so I couldn't get to Patreon. It's up this morning, though, Dave, who who are your Patreon. Yeah, we want to thank everyone. If you go out to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome, you will see uh, the likes of Nick Suberling from Cincinnati Soccer Talk, uh, Josh Rivers from creativestudio.academy, some guy named Jim Collison uh, from theaverageguy.tv, Frank Brill, Dale Henninger, Barry Kessler from barrykessler.com, uh, Alan Meisner from older.fitness, uh, Glenn the Geek Keeper from horseradionetwork.com, Stargate Pioneer from Legends of Shield, 
which you can find at gunageek.com, and then Gabriel Morrill from podcastingpress.com. So thanks to everyone who's helping to keep the lights on. And everybody's like, well, now that we know that Dave's spending a lot of money on stuff that he doesn't use, we're just going to pull our patronage. Don't but do that. Don't, don't do, do that. that. That would be bad. Don't do it. You and he's, he's pairing. He's going to pair it back. I am going to pair it back. This week, Tuesday, I was uh, going to get a haircut. And as I was sitting in the, you know, I'm waiting to get, I, I always check into Twitter. Anytime I'm waiting for anything, that's my Twitter time. So I check into Twitter and uh, I get this message. It's like, it appears that there is some automatic activity going on in your account, right? We've talked about this before. Right. I do some, right. you know, it's not technically automated, but it kind of is to follow. And I got to 10,000. I've kind of quit at that point, but it made me uh, put in some numbers. I had to call in and get some numbers and I had to put them in to kind of prove it was me. Oh, interesting. I, yeah. So if you're doing that kind of activity, like if you're automating this in some way, don't be surprised if, uh, you know, you get caught because I think I did. So I log in and my, the number I'm following is zero. Like I've never seen that before. Like not followers, not the people following me, the people I'm following, zero. And I'm like, whoa. So I refresh and refresh and refresh now. It's zero. I'm following zero people. Something had gone wrong in the system. Somewhere. Wow. And my following had just, who, those I'm following, it just got wiped out. So I tweeted it and a couple of people tweeted back and we had some fun joking about it. But a few hours later, now an hour later, 4,000 pop up. Just not, <laughs> I'd have 8,000 before, but just 4,000. That wasn't even, it was 4-1 something. Just pop up. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then an hour later, the rest show up. The 8,900, whatever I've been following show up. And I'm like, this is weird. Then Dave, I find out that I, I didn't just get them back, but I refollowed them all. So can you imagine refollowing 8,000 people on Twitter within an hour? Yeah. I think, so? I think Twitter might not like that whole. Well, no, now I think they did it. Like, I think they had a system problem and it wiped out the followers and they did something to reinstate it. But when they reinstated it, they didn't just add them back. They used whatever mechanism they used to follow. And all of a sudden, like if you follow that many people all at once, I was getting, cause everybody's got DMS, right? All these automatic right. DMS when you follow them. Hey, thanks for following me. Now download my book or whatever. Right? <laughs> and, and I'm just getting hammered. Literally my watch does not stop buzzing for like three hours. It's just like, <laughs> as, uh, so it was a, it was a really weird, uh, never, I hadn't heard anybody going through this, hadn't seen that happen before, but kind of a weird, crazy situation with Twitter where it, it refollowed all those people, I think, that I had been following. Uh, but it just did them in all in, in a matter of an hour or two. And I'm, it took probably two days for that to completely make its wow. way all the way through the system. So it's just a weird, weird thing on Twitter. And I was having an interesting conversation with Emily when she was on my show on Thursday. And we were like, you know, has mass Twitter following ever got you another listener? It's debatable, right? You know, you kind of go, mm, I'm not sure I've ever picked up anybody following Twitter. Because yeah. uh, uh, Jessica Kufferman was talking about, I forget the name of the tool, that automatically follows people. Then if they don't follow you back, like I could say, follow everybody from Podcast Movement. That's Anybody that's following Podcast Movement, follow them. And then go back in a week. If they haven't followed me back, unfollow them. And I was like, because she was like, you know, eventually. And I was listening to Marketing School. It's a new podcast. One of it's new. But it's got Neil Patel, who's like an SEO god, and some guy named Eric Zhu. I actually tried to send Eric uh, an ATR2100 because I'm like, I really like your show, but your sound quality is crap. Um, and they were saying, Neil was saying how um, Twitter is just not 
not that it's bad, but he he compared it to Facebook and other things because he has something insane like 23,000 followers. And he said, but he got like, it was something like 3% of his audience from from Twitter came versus like 7% from Facebook. So he was just saying it's not bad. It's just it wasn't – he goes, I don't yeah. want to say it's dead. He goes, but I don't get a lot of interaction. I, I, I think it still takes a bunch of work to get in people engaged on Twitter. Yeah. And even on Facebook, uh, we have a Facebook group of about 8,000 that I use for the coaches here. And I put out polls. I put out a poll maybe once or even twice a week on things. Typically, those polls that I put out are I maybe get, uh, oh, let's say 50 to 100 to respond, right, on a, on a, a regular run-of-the-mill poll. This week, I put out a poll about something our, our coaches, our, our group is very passionate about. Dave, that, that poll went crazy, man. I, like, I was hearing from people I didn't even know were in the group. And so I think that engagement, when we think about what we're doing on Twitter, I think just retweeting people or just posting your podcast, I don't think that's very engaging. I think you need to do things to engage people. And it, so I think you got to put some thought into it. Well, exactly. Because I think about people like Troy Heinrichs. I mean, that guy's got huge uh, interaction from his audience. He's got to go to the blacklist exposed and all this, uh, the blacklist program and all this stuff. And a lot of that started on Twitter. He was contacting the writers and the actors and things like that. So it can definitely be used. But I know I'm, I'm hor- I, I find stories that I like and I put them on Twitter, but I rarely go out there and go, so what are you guys working on today? It's usually, here's my latest episode. Here's a cool thing about stats. Here's a, another Somebody you should not, uh, you know, I, I have, I've gotten guests that way. I found Twitter a great way to get guests. And especially for um, businesses, uh, two weeks ago, we were doing an interview on Home Gadget Geeks. And during the middle of it, I was interviewing Ryan Pendle from Silicon Prairie News. And he was we were doing the top five news articles from 2016. And this, there was this company in there uh, called Liberty. They're, uh, they're an app-based company really cool actually it's an uber for rural drivers right when we think about mm. like uber doesn't work in rural communities right it just doesn't work there's not enough drivers and liberty's trying to fix that so really cool so i pinged them on on uh, twitter during the show i just sent them a little tweet they got right back to me and then we emailed and then boom they're in so now they're scheduled for april so that i, th- I find uh twitter really useful for those kinds of things when i don't have to open an email right i can just send right. i can send it directly to them now I don't know about you, but I probably only get about a 60 or 70% response rate on Twitter for people I send messages to. There's some people who have Twitter accounts who are just not checking. That's know? me. I'm, yeah. I'm guilty of that. I check like once a week and I'm always like finding stuff that I should have checked. I, I should make it where I check it once a day at least. And, uh, and I don't do that. I did find a, a tip from uh, Elsie. She said, I've never done that. Didn't know you could do this. You can pin. Did you know you can pin a tweet on Twitter? I've never done this. No. Because what she either. what she yeah. said is you can she takes the the automated um, tweet that goes out from Libsyn, and so she'll go to her feed and she'll say I, you can pin it because when you pin it the player shows up and I was like oh that's kind of a cool little hack it's a good good way to do it didn't even know you could do that I uh, think about that uh, speaking of Elsie uh, I saw somebody mentioning this in the chat room and I wanted to do another poll. Um, because I saw Emily and Anna talking. So uh, we're going to pull the audience here. Oh, wait, stop. Stop that. Stop that. I want to do it again. <laughs> I want to let Jim be able to. Uh, oh, okay. Let's do that again. Relaunch polling and allow the panelists. There we go. All right. So uh, what is your sex? 
Or in my case, lovely typo, Dave, what is USEX? <laughs> I think they don't. Yeah. And uh, interesting. We have mo- and of course, people are putting in other. <laughs> Which we might have other. Not that there's, any- Not that there's anything Nothing wrong, wrong with, with other. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with other. <laughs> Nothing wrong. <laughs> All right. We got about 50% of the audience has now voted. We are at 64% male, 27% female, and 7% other. You know, for for well, our numbers are pretty good with the with the ladies. Yeah. I think, um, for podcasting, I we could it could be a little better, but but uh, not bad. I mean, my tech show is ninety nine percent guys, and then and then Emily, <laughs> she shows up every week. Thanks for that, Emily. It's always great to have you out there balancing it out for us. Absolutely. Yeah, seventy. Yeah, seventy. Which is about what I, I, you know, it's always great when we can get 50-50. I know what podcast movement, I remember going to the bathroom and there was a spot where you get by all the booths and then there's this big long hallway to the bathroom and the whole hallway had these like little um, benches off the wall that you could sit on and the whole thing was just women. And I forget who I was walking with and I said, man, if you were around in 2005, that was just unheard of. I said it was just nothing but dudes, dudes and more dudes. And I said, so it's really exciting to to see that. I was glad to see that. It's good. It's good to see those numbers, you know, come up. It's good to have a good balance because I think in the early days it was all guys. Yeah. You know? Well, it was all the tech guys. Uh, so, hey, I got one more thing before yeah. we uh, with with just a few minutes left to go. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm a backup and server guy. I talk. I have, yeah. I have. I was on the home server show, and I'm a big Drobo fan. And you know, we talk about NAS boxes all the time and stuff. Um, one of the, there's a company called Acronis, if you haven't heard of them, A-C-R-O-N-I-S, Acronis. If you're looking, if you're not doing any kind of desktop backup or any kind of backup of any kind, um, Acronis would be a good look. Right now, they are really, they're running some sales as well. I found a, a one-year license for as cheap as 10 bucks um, for them. And basically, it's a ba- it's, it's backup software plus some other stuff that just works for your desktop. So if you're if you're a guy that you save all your files on your desktop or on your local drives or whatever, and you you don't have a good solid backup plan or backup strategy, you could use a Cronus to then add a second, you know, an external hard drive or a new NAS or something like that. Nice. And start backing up those and they, they'll do differentials. They'll do, you know, all the different kinds of backup styles that are out there. It's super easy to use. You can move it to the cloud. Their cloud offering is a little expensive. I go with maybe a crash plan or something like that. A Carbonite would work. Yeah, I use Backblaze. For that kind of stuff. How do you yeah. spell Kronos? Kronos. A-C-R-O-N-I-S. Acronis is the software. They've got some other tools which are helpful um, in there, some cloning software and some other stuff. But for backup, uh, I was just reminded I got a ping the other day that they were offering me a, you know, a $9.99 for a year deal on a single workstation. I was like, oh, that's something you know for podcasters. Again, Review your backups. Your files are important. And if you only have them in one place, they're not backed up. Even if they're in the cloud, if they're in one place, they're not backed up. You need at least three copies, right? And so you, you um, it's something to think about. Give, give that a look if you're interested. Something I've been using for the last couple of years, I actually put it on all our desktops now uh, at home. And it's just a simple backup. I push it to the Drobo and then the Drobo pushes it to crash plan. One, two, three is the way that works. Wow. So you have a backup of the backup of the backup. Well, that's that's a true backup, Dave. Yeah, that's it. You know, uh, even two copies is not enough. A C R O N I S. In the chat room, Acronis. They've been around a long time, in a really good company that just 
makes great software and they don't charge you an arm and a leg for it. It's not free, but they don't charge you an arm and a leg for it. Yeah. So if you have a, a we didn't say this at all today. If you have a question, uh, you can click on the, uh, the Q and a, which is always great. Or if you, uh, want to come on in and talk uh, live, just raise your hand and, uh, we'll, we'll bring you on over. Lots of good, lots of good, uh, engagement here in the chat room. Uh, today I like I like the poll. I mean, I it, that's just something we don't use enough of. You know, keep keep them yeah. engaged, keep them listening. Yeah, that's the one thing we won't have now. <laughs> I don't know. Does Fire Talk have no? There was Smile Time. I think had polls. I forget. They're all blending together now. Uh, but um, I think the I just did this this morning. The the uh, somebody asked in the chat room. It's a European company. What's the dollar amount? Is um. I saw this morning like one pound is a dollar twenty five US because somebody was asking what um, what music radio creative costs and it's it turned out to be like thirty bucks for a, an intro something like that so we did have um, I did have one question that uh, I thought oh, this we should probably talk this I want to change the name of my podcast by just adding an extra word to my original title where would I start are there particular steps I should take and what order do I have to do them in is this a problem with iTunes things like that. Uh, if you do it in Libsyn, you just basically go to settings, edit show settings, and you add your word and within 24 to 48 hours, it will show up. Uh, in, if you're using PowerPress, usually it's based on the name of your blog. So we just go into WordPress, go to settings and go to, I believe general is where you have the name of your show there. There's also some things in, in PowerPress where you can overwrite the name, uh, things of that nature. So. And I did, I actually had an email with the one and only Pat Flynn last night and I was politely asking him, please update your, your videos. Cause he has a, a video there showing not only feed burner, um, but using file for download. And, um, he's actually, I think going to update his videos cause his videos are from 2012 and not that they're bad. They're just, that might've, might've made sense in 2012 but you're missing a lot of the lips and goodness if you're using file for download. Um, but uh, one more question out there too yeah. uh, is Audacity the common software that is used in networks like BBC, NBC? Um, no, I well, I don't know if we would know, but probably not. Yeah, right. Don't you think they would be a, a commercial version? I mean, a lot of folks use Edition and and the Adobe Suite. Yeah. You know what you think? I, I don't know. Adobe I Audition, I could see, um, even in some cases, maybe Pro Tools, which is way yeah. overkill yeah. Uh, for that. But a, but a video guy, our video guys, will go to Pro Tools just to do audio because they're so familiar with the interface and yeah. how to do it that they just, you know, it's just one of those kinds of things that they just, they don't they don't see it any other way. But Audition is a big one. I know a lot of folks use an Audition in the, in the, in the consumer space. Yeah. And they're just more comfortable. We struggle with like at Gallup, if it's open source and it's free, we don't want it. Yeah. And so like a lot of that stuff gets blocked yeah. and, and you know, where addition is like, Oh, Nope. Okay. We're paying for it. It's got a terms of service agreement to it. That's, that's what we're going with. Yeah. Logic is another one on the Mac. It's kind of like GarageBand on, on steroids that, uh, I know, um, I forget his name, the podcast dude uses logic. In fact, he's getting ready to release a course on that. And to me, again, that's, that's another one that might be slightly overkill, but um, I'm not sure how much logic goes for, but it's, it's another one. That's not, not cheap. Gabrielle asked that question, by the way, yeah. I didn't say your name. So Thank great you. to have you here. Great to have you here. It's a great question. 
I mean, I think uh, those things, when we think about those kinds of tools, that can get that can get pretty expensive. And, um, you know, for the person who wants to do it free, the Audacity to iTunes model, right? Where edit in Audacity and then save it as a lossless and then convert that with the Fraunhofer to an MB3 works great. If you want to pay for it, you can do it in all the everything else, apparently except Hindenburg. You can, they've got the Fraunhofer available. I think in most of those tools, Fraunhofer, Coder, yeah. it's available. I was really surprised that Hindenburg, you know, because they charge for their software. Um, another one that I used to use before I switched to Audacity was Sony Acid Music Studio. Why anybody would name their software Acid, <laughs> but then again, why would you name your company Hindenburg? Dude. Um, and it's like $41. So it's not free, but it's, uh, and I believe being Sony, they would be using the Fraunhofer. Um, and it's really powerful. That's another one that's, um, it's got a lot of features in it. The The problem with that program, and it's not a huge, you can go in and turn it off. It has a lot of things for music. It's meant for musicians. So there are times when you'll import a file and it will adjust the speed of it because it's trying to match the key you're in. So you have to go in and say, no, I'm, don't do that, that kind of stuff. But it's really... Um, Pretty powerful, pretty easy to use. Again, I liked it because you could, you, um, you, you, I think you pressed V for volume and it would give you a line and you just click on the line and you get a little dot and you could just drag and drop to, to make fade ins and fade outs. It's not like Audacity or Audition without the $20 a month, uh, fee. So if I wasn't using, you know, that's one I would, I, I think I have it on my computer somewhere. I just don't use it, but, uh, it's a pretty, I used to recommend that back in like 2008, um, uh, back in the day. So. But, uh, but yeah, well, I guess, guess what? Yeah. It's that yeah. time of day. Build so. another hour. So thank you, uh, chat room. And, uh, we're here every Saturday next week. Google, are we going to Google next week? You know, next week I'm climbing those, oh, those that's steps right. up, truck up the tower. So I'll be out. But, right. um, yeah, let's, I, I would, I'd say go back to Google for a little bit. I'll be back the week after that. But, uh, yeah, I, right. I think so. Yeah. So that that's where we'll go next. Um, Maybe I'll go back to Fire Talk. I just saw that come through. I was like, oh, that's right. I never I never canceled my payment because I wasn't sure if I was going to stay here or not. So, uh, but yeah, we'll be here next week. Uh, oh, the 25th. Uh, Are I, you in? I am in, yeah, I am in Florida that day. So, Jim, that's up to you if you want to do could, I could do one. I've always bowed out, but I bowed out of a bunch of them this spring. So maybe we, you and I can get all the right yeah stuff in order i'll create a hangout in advance and send you the yeah and then i can redirect it site yeah 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 yeah, yeah. let's let's do that we'll 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 say the 25th and i'll track down a guest yeah because i will be that'd be the last day that's where i'll be uh wetting my pants and uh getting ready for my keynote can we can we remote you in maybe for just a few minutes on that you think maybe i I don't know what the schedule is but yeah i'll I'll definitely keep uh yeah i'll see what's going on if i'm at the libsyn booth you know i'll hold jump in and yeah no it'd be great give you a little tour that'd be great yeah no that'd be that'd be a blast let's just shoot for that yeah so i have no idea it's that's half the fun of podfest um oh also the 22nd at um the something with an f lounge is where we're doing a meetup wednesday night oh i have that somewhere glenn it's me and glenn the geek are doing a meetup uh the night before the thing yeah falls lounge thank you kim um so that starts at 7 o'clock, so stop on by and say hi, and uh, that'll be fun down at PodFest. So thanks so much for tuning in. Stick around for some post-show, and uh, thanks again for tuning in. <laughs>